Welcome to another fun filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Olympic Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss McKinney McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kenan's coming on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago everywhere, wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch all the live shows that we have airing throughout the week and the weekend. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Please download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, please follow us on all social media platforms, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. If you want to download our podcast, and we know you've been doing that, please continue to do that. You find our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. Please give us a five-star rating. Uh, give us your review. Give us your five stars on those Apple and iTunes podcast platforms. Give us some good ratings. We we need it, and we deserve it. And also, too, while you're at it, just go to War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's at War Media on, on all social media platforms. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We're going to unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always set us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I've given Lakina full power to give you full severe land be a boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must, 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 must remind you, you can also catch Sports of Chicago right now on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and give it the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have a bunch of handheld devices laying around iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook like I'm using right now, your personal PC like Lakina's using right now. Just head over to the uh, Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is available seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. I know I'll fumble that up, but you get the point. <laughs> Anywhere, anytime you want, it's all right there for you. And uh, I know it's about to snow here in a little bit. So, you know, a nice snowy day. You want to, you know, curl up and, you know, watch and listen to us. So, no mm -hmm. problem. Now, we're going to have Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks to talk uh, Blackhawks. You know, a pretty busy uh, week for the Blackhawks, of course. Um, you know, Patrick Kane and Matt Stillman, you know, were, you know, were traded. We'll talk to him about that and some of the other uh, happenings in the NHL. Some big trades happening yesterday with the trade deadline coming up in about a couple of hours here but first we're going to talk some bulls as usual a mixed bag for the bulls i mean they lose a tough one to toronto but then they come back you know, a couple of days later and uh almost blew blew another one uh to detroit but they were able to hang on and uh you can kind of tell that i don't know i guess you could say that maybe you know, pat bevio you know, is, is actually becoming a pretty big difference maker for this team we all saw mm -hmm. that little little uh clip you know early on in that in that pistons game where i i guess you know vooch you know like oh, you know, 
went over his open man, and I guess, you know, Pepe was trying to tell him, hey, look, you missed your guy, and, you know, Vooch and such, you know, DeRozan De trying to kind of play a peacemaker and such, but like I said, this is this is why you want Pepe on your team, you know, to mm -hmm. hold these guys accountable, to, you know, to stick a fire up their rears. They're still right there in the, you know, in the, uh, right there in the cusp of that 10 spot. They're actually not that far away from, from the uh, eight spot either, you know, they're right, there, about two and a half you know, back from Atlanta uh, for the eight spot, so Yo, so what do you think about the Bulls this week? As you mentioned, it was a mixed bag. I'll go with the positive first. Uh, it, they played great for, for three and a half quarters in Detroit uh, the other night on Wednesday. I know their biggest lead was 21. Uh, we talked about all year, Lakina, that Nikolai Vucevic needed the ball in the post. We needed him to operate in the paint. He was doing that on Wednesday. But something else that I noticed, too, that not too many people were talking about all year, and we haven't talked about it enough on this show, I'll just start with ourselves. Zach Levine, if, did you notice something on Wednesday that he hasn't been doing lately? He's been driving the ball to the basket, making other players better, and he got into the passing lane a few times. I, I said, I like that Zach Levine. I don't like the Zach Levine that's trying to be like Damian Lillard of Portland throwing up the 30-foot jumpers. I get it when you hit a couple, you feel it, you, you stick to that. But I like this Zach Levine. He's, he's driving the ball to the basket. He's making other players better, and he's getting after her defensively. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the uh, NBA Defensive Player of the Year by no stretch, but I like when Zach is, is active, not just settling for that long jump shot. I want to see that Zach Levine from here on out. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, having Pat Bev there, you know, showing that, okay, yeah, he doesn't have to be, you know, the guy that takes the shots all the time. He can kind of be that, just be the guy that kind of, mm -hmm. you know, facilitates some of that offense and using some of that, you know, that little maneuvers and whatnot. So I think I, I like the fact that, you know, Zach's been doing that lately. Hope he can keep it up. That's mm -hmm. going to be kind of like the key here. And, you know, for, for me, as far as the Bulls are concerned, I mean, look, it is what it is. I mean, they, they're, they're, you know, the weird thing about it is that, like I said, I mean, they play Phoenix tonight and they get their first case of Kevin Durant. We'll get, we'll get to his debut uh, probably not till after the break, but you know, you're kind of sort of like right there. And, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit of a tough part of their scheduling. I think, like I said, I think these are, you know, some, most of the, well, actually maybe a couple, uh, you know, most of the East teams are struggling. So it's, it, you know, I know this might shock some Bulls fans, but they're still right there in the cusp of, you know, getting to that, that, that 10 spot. So I, I think for me, look, I think I'm just going to you know, just take it as it goes. And look, it's sort of one of those days where I know people are saying at this point that maybe they should, you know, tank and stuff like that. That's not going to happen. And a lot of these guys are too competitive. Plus, they're not, they're not bad enough to tank. So you might as well just, you know, to see if they can kind of you know, make some noise, you know, get into that, you know, that 10 spot in that plane and maybe make some noise from there. Yeah, just wrap on, on uh, Pat Bev and the Bulls. As we said on the, on the last couple of shows, Patrick Beverly brings in intangibles that you don't necessarily see on the stat sheet, as, as you mentioned, with the leadership and what he did. Uh, to Vucevic and Mill in that fourth quarter the other night in Detroit. It, he brings out the hustle. He brings out the defense. You saw that as well uh, in that run, went over Detroit. And also, too, can we give some credit? And I think we've been saying this at least for the last month, month and a half or so. Can we give some credit to Kobe White? Uh, he's been on a hot streak scoring-wise on Wednesday. He had 14 points. And Patrick Williams, who's been kicked out of the starting lineup, but it was just the addition of Patrick Beverly. He's been playing a little bit better. I know he chipped in with 11 points off the bench, but it looks like his, yeah, he's starting to round into form as well. And DeMar DeRozan, like I said, this version of Zach Levine that I saw on Wednesday is going to help this Bulls team if he's consistent. The DeMar DeRozan version that I saw the other night, I like that version because whatever Zach does, if he plays his all-around game, that makes DeMar DeRozan that much better. You don't have to expect DeMar to carry the team 
I'm hoping he can score 35-plus points to bail you out. This, this Bulls team needs to play consistent for 48 minutes, and Zach Levine needs to play an all-around game. I like what, what Alex Caruso is doing. Patrick Beverly, we talked about him enough. Uh, he's here for the mainstay. That's why the Bulls are not going to tank. If Zach Levine can be consistent all around every night, this Bulls team is going to be okay. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're even going to steal a playoff series. But the way where they are right now, if they can keep this up, the I'm not going to say the sky's the limit, but they should at least make the plan. Yeah, I'll say they're, they're like I said, they're only a game and a half back of the Wizards. They're only like two and a half back of the, the, the Atlanta. We'll get to them in a second. They have a new coach. You know, it's gonna be you know, interesting. Like I said before, mm-hmm. I know the, all the tanking. Yo, know, folks are like, oh, let's tank. Like, no, no, no. They're not. They're not gonna do that. These guys are too competitive, and the East isn't very good for the most part, with such maybe a few teams. So mm-hmm. everyone's pretty much even. So it's all gonna really gonna depend on if they can make that move. We'll see. They got a big test tonight, tonight against KD. Uh, CP3, Devin Booker, and the uh, the gang from Phoenix. So should be a should be a fun one tonight. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, with you as we usually do here. As we talked about the other the, the week that is or was, I should say, in the NBA. Let's go backwards. Let's start you know from yesterday at yesterday's games and a couple of interesting results. We'll, we'll start with uh, the Sixers and the Mavs. And um, the Mavs were up big. Sixers came back. <laughs> Then, you know, they got into a little bit of a run talk about the maps and they were able to pull away. Luca had 42. And but you get you kind of tell it might be some things are starting to kind of bubble up a little bit. As I warned, Sid. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh I like like as I I've warned Sid and a few others that, you know, something might they might start to kind of boil over a little bit. But you know, look, they did just enough to they did just, they did just enough to, uh, to win that game. I'm talking about uh, the Mavs. You know, Kyrie also had 40. So it, it's it's you know, but other than that, I mean, most of the guys. I mean, I know uh, Reggie Bullock had uh, 15 team, but other than that, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of scoring. You know, uh, outside of uh, Kyrie and Luca. And you know, for me, I think you know they're also uh you know they they pulled away late from the Sixers, and they actually were the first pair of, of Mavs to uh, actually score forty points in the same game, which is kind of you know shocking considering their rich history. But you know, this is the first time that's happened. But yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those days where yes, they're the three pointers. You know, they they look the three pointers. I think were were hitting it for them. You know, that's what really helped. And they were thirteen for twenty one for three point range combined. So, but yeah, what do you think about this game? I saw a little bit of this game. I thought, okay, yeah, something. Something's a miss here. They were able to pull this off against the Sixers, but could be interesting. They can they can do it the rest of the way. Well, James Harden had a good first quarter. I know he had twenty seven points overall, but he had a good first quarter. Joel and B got the ball early, but they went away from him at the, especially after mm-hmm. Dallas pulled away late in that third quarter yes. to build their lead to over twenty five points. But it was an all around game for Philadelphia. Uh, Tobias Harris had ten points. I wish he could have scored a little bit more, but he was at mm-hmm. the Tyrese Maxey. Had a great game. His parents were there. He had 29 mm-hmm. points. And off the um, and, and off the bench, uh, you had uh, Shake Milton. He had 12 points. But Lakina, uh, you said about Kyrie Irving and, and his almost sh- shenanigans. Uh, like I, I said, he was going to be on his best behavior. Let's be honest here. Dallas was still stewing over that lo- over that loss against the Lakers last Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon at home. That's what happened. And I'll say this again for, for Dallas. Besides Luca and Kyrie, who's going to be your third scorer? Tim Hardaway Jr., where are you? Some of the other guys, where are you? 
Yeah, and I think that's going to be really going to be the key here. And like as far as the match actually performed, look, Tyrese is like actually from right, right, just outside Dallas. So that's why, you know, of course, his parents were there. And I think mm-hmm. some other family members were there as well. You know, of course, he went to Kentucky. But yeah, so I was like, he pulled a nice show. But yeah, not too much. I mean, look, they, like, it's, like I said, they went away from B and B. That's why they were the Mavs were able to kind of, you know, get into gear and they were able to pull away late. But, you know, for, for me, I think this game is really kind of like, yeah, okay. We'll see. I know if you want to say that, oh, they, they had three games. They had three days to get over it. So I don't, they're still stewing over that loss to the Lakers. Okay. You know, whatever. But, you know, speaking of, you know, stay with it before we go to break. Uh, the Clippers have lost now four in a row. They uh, lose to the uh, the Warriors, 115-91 of Jordan Peele had 34 points leading the way for the Warriors and uh you know Clay Thompson again he he had a great you know shooting week we'll get to his other uh big week in, in a second he only had 19 point, points I'm like oh lord that what a what a bad uh, bad game for him no I'm kidding uh but yeah I mean but look I mean you know uh Kamaja Johnson Kamaja had 19 off the bench so yeah so a nice little balance scoring uh you know and such of course you know you know Steph is still out but the Clippers are they're they're concerning to me because They've lost a couple of uh, really tough games. And in this case, they kind of, you know, just, you know, they, they were up early. You know, they were right there and actually were up an, at halftime. But, you know, 42-16, they were outscored in the third quarter. That's not going to work. So, you know, look, Westbrook's actually, you know, didn't have his best game for his first time as, as a Clipper. He only had eight points. But, you know, where, you know, Kawhi only had 21. Uh, PG only had 11. They're struggling from the field. You know, the three-point rate, they're only nine for 43 from three. Something's going on here in the Clippers, and I'm not liking what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, as we mentioned on our last show, it all starts with Paul George. He did not have a great game, only three or 15 shooting. That's not going to get it done. You really didn't get much from your bench. Nicholas Batum, where are you? Norman Powell, uh, he was missing in action. He only scored two points. You need contribution from your bench. Robert Covington, from Chicago, he only, he only had three points. You need some consistent scoring from your bench, but it all starts with Paul George, and he, he he's lost it these last three games. I blame him more than I blame Russell Westbrook. I don't, like you said, Russ, Russ didn't have a great game last night, but Russ has been actually playing well. I, I know it's exactly one week ago today that, that he made his Clippers debut, but you cannot blame Russ for why the, the Clippers are losing. Uh, it, it starts with Paul George, and it trickles down to the rest of the guys. And also, too, they're not playing team defense. Like you said, that second half, uh, they didn't even score in the 20s in the second half for, in the third or fourth quarters. And that's not going to get it done. Yeah, that's just brutal. And especially, you know, for I don't really trust them, you know, in, in this series. I know, uh, I know a couple of us in our uh, preview show had them going to the, the finals looking pretty bad right now. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But, you know, we're going to take a really quick break. Of course, you know, we'll talk some more hoops as, you know, more NBA stuff, including uh, some big injuries, you know, among, you know, some big stars, some some key teams, you know, trying to go for a playoff berth. And it's now March. So, you know, guys, know what that means. College hoops, we got March Madness uh, about start as, as conference tournaments, you know, commences in some, in some parts. You know, even some local teams hoping to vibe for some of those spots. Mm-hmm. Illinois gets a big win last night. You know, Northwestern, you know, they got to – they need to kind of, you know, share up their resume as well. So, more who's talk coming up next. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, the second day sports on Sports on Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. 
these scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports on a hashtag Friday Fun Fun Friday edition. We're live and live in color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow your Shuli on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A 0. That's S I D K I D A 0. He's following that Kingdom again on the Twitter and that Kingdom's going to be on the IG. We have less than 85 minutes left of this extravagance we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can do so at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina, we get the up on the screen for you. Let's continue our NBA talk, Lakina, by reviewing some of the key games from from this past Wednesday night's action. We'll start off with the Phoenix Suns as Kevin Durant dropped 25 points in his Phoenix Suns debut as the Suns defeated the Charlotte Hornets on the road as Phoenix's uh, part of Phoenix's East Coast road trip, 105-91. 
Yeah, uh, nice. Actually, it was 23 points. Yeah, I'll say 23 points. Yeah, 23 points are like six you know, boards and such. But yeah, I mean, look, you know, you can tell he hasn't played over over almost two months. So, of course, it's going to take him a couple of games to kind of get things going. Like I said, we'll see him against the Bulls tonight. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I know it's Charlotte's and, and such, but yeah, let's see. I don't, I don't, some people say, well, let's see how he does some of the, you know, the big teams. But look, if you're, if you're Duran and, and if you're uh, the Suns, you, you'll take it. I mean, it, I mean, look, I mean, Charlotte has been sort of one of those teams where you're, you're kind of, you know, kind of in that sort of like in that in that uh, realm there. But, but a nice show by by Katie and I, and I think, look, it, it's sort of one of those things where I mean, look, you'll, you'll like I said, you'll, you'll take the one if you're if you're uh, if you're Phoenix. And just like you said, I mean, it's sort of one of those things where you want to, you know, you just want to kind of like, okay, get the first game out the way, you know, and I'm sure he'll get better and better as it goes on. Another primetime game that took place on Wednesday was the Boston Celtics versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Boston Celtics get the best of the Cleveland Cavaliers in TD Bay North Garden on Wednesday. 117 to 113 was your final. Donovan Mitchell went off for 44 points for Cleveland, while Jason Tatum, your MVP candidate, he had 41. Lakina, the, the Celtics may be the best team in the East. Cleveland's not that far behind, but as we said all year, Lakina, uh, Cleveland is a good team, but they need to learn how to execute down the stretch. Uh, you you could tell by the teams that are contenders and, and the teams that are pretenders. Boston is a contender right now, especially what they went through last year. And it looks like they're a better team this year. They know how to execute down the stretch. Cleveland's still learning how to do that. Yeah, third that third, that's uh thirty uh thirty fourth uh uh thirty fourth uh you know thirty plus you know point game for uh Tatum. I think that's the most in uh I believe I think that's the most uh, of uh you know he had thirty three points sort in addition to uh to Jalen Brown's forty one. So you know definitely uh you know a nice you know good team win for Boston. Like you said, I mean you know Cleveland's just learning how to do all that. So you know that that was a tough loss for them now. Philadelphia, you know, before that loss to Dallas, you know, they beat uh, Miami 119-96. Tyrese Maxey had 27 points a game high, you know, leading the way for them. And it was definitely one of this was one of those one of those uh games where it was, you know, sort of you know, I know it be it be didn't play, and I see, you know, and Harden had 23 points. So they kind of had to sort of it was sort of a, a rest game, I guess, for Embiid. So you know, they were able to, you know, Maxi was able to kind of pick up the slack for him. So I think that was a, a nice win for them. I guess uh, a Miami squad that kind of has been struggling a little bit as of late. Yeah, the Miami Heat we talked about all year, Lakina, where are you going to get that scoring from outside of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo? Uh, Tyler Harrow's been up and down. Duncan Robinson, he's been MIA. Kyle Lowry has been on the injury list uh, his last two years in the Miami Heat uniform. So we're going to get those contributions from besides Adebayo in Jimmy Butler offensively. It's, it seems like to me the Miami he are to shell themselves from what they were last year and definitely what they were uh, two years ago, uh, a couple years ago when they reached the NBA Finals in the bubble. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll see what uh, what happens with them. Now, Milwaukee, they've won 16 in a row. They've averaged about 123 points this time. This case, they uh, they beat Houston 113-99. Desmond Bay had 30 points, and I mean, uh, 130, I should say, 117 over Orlando, I should say, that they've averaged about 123 points during that 16-game winning streak. I'm talking about the Bucks, So they're starting to kind of get together. Uh, you know, Giannis had 31 points um, in that. I know I know it's Orlando, but still, I mean, you know, 16 in a row for uh, for them. But if you're, if you're a Bucks fan, you're wondering, like, okay, are they picking too soon? Because 16 in a row is on this means that at the same time that you want to kind of save it for something for the playoffs. Yeah, Milwaukee. 
You you don't have too many complaints right now. Giannis is all about getting him back healthy. Hopefully, Chris Milton is ready for the stretch run come playoff time. It's all about health for the Bucks at this point. And some of the guys that are getting an extra playing time right now who normally don't get playing time, this is for, this is their chance to shine, and they'll be that much more ready come playoff time. Now, Lakers beat uh, OKC 123-117 to kind of get their revenge when uh, LeBron broke the scoring record against them. They beat them. Dennis Schroeder had uh, 26 points, and unfortunately, you know, LeBron's going to be out because of, of his foot injury. Now K- now AD and Anthony Davis is going to be out for a little bit, so you're going to need, you know, guys to kind of pick us, guys like Schroeder, guys like uh, Mo Bamba, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, Malik Beasley and, and those guys to kind of just pick up the slack. You know, they actually have a different you know, sort of you know, a good supporting cast. Can they keep it up and try to get into that 10th spot? That's going to be uh, worth seeing. And don't forget, the Lakers need a healthy D'Angelo Russell as well. So uh, all parts are needed to be uh, healthy and, and on alert without LeBron, as you mentioned. And, but it all starts and ends with Anthony Davis, and he's been playing very well. We talked about him on our last show, what he did in that comeback when, uh, at Dallas last Sunday afternoon. So Anthony Davis can stay healthy. And, and bring and bring that intensity. Uh, I think the Lakers uh, can't survive this until LeBron James gets back. It won't be surprising to me, Lakina, in a couple of weeks, LeBron James decides to come back if the Lakers are still in it. Will it surprise you? It wouldn't for me. No, I would not. I mean, like I said, this could be the first time he's going to be out for a little bit. So they were, they didn't really say how long he's going to be. So, but he actually finished the game. You know, even though he said he heard a pop in that foot. So you, know, you wonder, like, okay, are they kind of just sorry? You'll take this time because it, he is of advanced age now. I'm talking about LeBron, a lot of wear mm-hmm. and tear. So you wonder, like, are they going to be just be more cautious about it? So we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, the Pelicans beat uh, the Blazers 121 110. Uh, Dame had 41, but Brandon Ingram had uh, Brandon Ingram had 40 for the Pelicans. So uh, the scoring there hasn't really been an issue for the, the Blazers, of course, you know, going into. Their, uh Tuesday's uh games, you know, they they lose to they also they again lose to uh this time to Golden State 123-105. Of course, you know, Dame had 25, you know, Jordan Poole had 29. And but the fact that the Blazers, you know, the, the scoring wise, I mean, Dave can't do it all by himself though. No, he can't. Where's Anthony Simons? Where's Jeremy Grant? <laughs> can, we, can we get some help for Dame Dolly here? And we've been talking about this off and on all, all season, Lakina. Damian Lillard, especially at his advanced age, even though he's in his early 30s, uh, he can't continue to carry this franchise. Uh, other guys that I mentioned was going to have to step in, step up. They're still within striking distance of their playing tournament. Now, on the flip side for New Orleans, that was a big win for them. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I know he's been injured off and on all year, but it's nice to hear from him again. Who's going to help out C.J. McCollum? We know we got Jose Alvarado. <laughs> that 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 pass shout out to our guy Matt Pack from CSGO, uh, who covers the Bulls. I know he can't stand them, but uh, Alvarado uh, is a gamer. Uh, you, you still have uh, Troy Murphy the third, uh, who's a nice player coming off their bench. So New Orleans has, still has some nice pieces. Hopefully they start finally starting to turn around. Now going back to the Tuesday's uh, games, of course, you know the Clippers, you know, continuing that losing streak. They lose to the T Wolves, uh, 108-101. Uh, Paul George did have twenty five in that game, but again, same problem, the same issues, and not making their shots like when they need, when they have to, and when they need to. So, but a nice win for uh, Minnesota. San Antonio snapped a, I think, I believe it was a thirteen game losing streak. Against Utah, so I mean, not not against Utah, but it was a 16 game losing streak overall. They had lost 16 in a row, and so, but then they were able to they were able to bounce back and uh, beat the Jazz. Keldon Johnson um, had uh, 25 points leading the way for the Spurs, so not a good loss if you're Utah. You're trying to, if you're trying to stay 
in that uh, in that realm of that uh, playing uh, seeds. And if they happen to lose out at the end of the season, this will they will look back and one of those games will be that game, and it'll be the reason why they they'll lose out uh, on the play should they come down to that situation. Lakina, before we move on and, and uh, give uh, the the schedule for this weekend's games, I want to ask you about the New York Knicks. They beat the sad Brooklyn Nets one forty two to one eighteen on Wednesday. Jalen Brunson had thirty nine points. I was listening to some local sports radio in New York City on both stations the last couple of days, and some of the hosts are talking about uh, the Knicks perhaps making a surprise move in the playoffs, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. I know they're performing a, a little bit above expectations uh, than, um, than the national pundits gave them uh, uh, credit for before the start of the season. I know they're doing a little bit better than two years ago when they came out of nowhere, but I I think they'll win a first round playoff series, but that's how far it goes. I I don't see this next team uh, going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They still need that one big star. They just don't have it now. Jalen Brunson has made a big difference on this team, yes, and Julius Randle has turned his game around uh, on like a year ago. But I cannot unless it's a big injury somewhere. I do not see this this next team making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I heard that, and I see you know, some people were asking that. But look, I mean, I don't think they're. It's gonna really gonna depend on you know their matchups. I mean, who they end up playing in the first round. They could probably. They, they might play lose. Cleveland in the first yeah. round. Yeah, they could. They could lose to, to lose the first round depending on who they play. So mm-hmm. I don't see them uh, going all the way to the to the uh, West. I mean, to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just I just don't see it happening. Now, could they? Will they make the playoffs? Yes. Now it's gonna mm-hmm. really it's gonna depend on where they play. So I I just don't see that happening. But you know, it is what it is there. Now let's go to the the rest of the schedule for this weekend. Coming up a busy weekend in the NBA. Starting tonight, you got Orlando and Charlotte at six o'clock. Yeah, Portland and Atlanta. I believe this is gonna be uh, Quinn Snyder's first game coaching. Uh, the uh, the Hawks. So interesting game. You know, Trey Young versus uh, Damian Lillard. You know, having to get a new coach two thirds through the season. That's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to say the least. Uh, Brooklyn and Boston. And I know ESPN probably would hope that they were able to flex out of this game. Uh, <laughs> the double header of Friday doubleheader at uh, six thirty. You got the Knicks and the Heat, and of course you know the Bulls and the Suns at seven o'clock over at the United Center. Yeah, continuing with our Friday night schedule, we mentioned the Knicks in the Heat at 7 o'clock, the Jazz at the Thunder at OKC also at 7 o'clock. The second half of the ESPN doubleheader tonight will feature Memphis at Denver at 9 o'clock. Hopefully, there'll be a better game. Mm-hmm. Right now, tonight's schedule Friday, New Orleans at Golden State at 9 o'clock, the Clippers in the Kings at 9 o'clock. <laughs> and that's going to be a big game for both teams, especially for the Clippers as they try to uh, in their losing streak and, and positioning is on the line as well because Sacramento is up right up there at the top half of that Western Conference bracket. And the Timberwolves will play the Lakers at formerly known as Table Center tonight at 9.30. Yeah, they're now uh, 10 games over 500. 100, I'm talking about the Kings for the first time since mm-hmm. 05. And uh, from uh, April April of 05 to the 26th of February. That was just a, you know, a few, uh, that was just a couple of days ago. That's a span of over 6,500 uh, days. That's the second longest span in NBA history. So, uh, yeah, the, nice way for the Kings. And uh, let's see, the, the, I guess you can take the over, I guess. You know, we're we're going to go by from uh, last week. So we'll see if, <laughs> if we'll get a monster scoring mm-hmm. tonight. You got Saf for tomorrow's matchup Saturday. You got 
Toronto and Washington, they faced each other uh, <laughs> earlier this week. I'm not repeating myself. They did. You know, Washington won that one <laughs> on Monday. But, you know, weirdness, uh, schedule weirdness, I guess. Detroit and Cleveland at 630 and Atlanta and Miami back-to-back uh, -back for uh, both teams at 7 o'clock. And rounding out Saturday night schedule, tomorrow we have Houston at San Antonio at 7. The Saturday night game of the day for ABC will have Philadelphia and Milwaukee. That's at 7.30 p.m. Um, I believe no Giannis uh, answers the Cooper for that one. And, but this still should be an interesting game. And then rounding out the Saturday night schedule for tomorrow, Minnesota at Sacramento at 9 o'clock. And going into Sunday, this should be a fun one here. The first game of the uh, ABC Sunday doubleheader at noon. You got Phoenix and Dallas. That should be a fun one. KD versus Luka. CP3 versus Kyrie. That should be a fun one. Could be a preview of, of a Western Conference uh, playoff matchup. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Indiana, Chicago, you'll remember, note to start time, folks, at 2.30, all you Bulls fans. Uh, I, know it's yep. really, I know it was a little bit weird uh, last week uh, with their uh, – Kobe's weeks back, actually, with a uh, game against the Warriors. You know, a lot of people didn't know it was a 2.30 game. Now, speaking of the Warriors, they also have a 2.30 game. Second game of the ABC uh, Sunday doubleheader, you got they, – they will uh, face the Lakers at 2.30. No AD, you know, very likely. No LeBron, no Steph, but it should be a fun one, nonetheless. You got a great supporting cast there for the Lakers. Uh, on both teams, I should say, so that should be a fun one. Uh, Charlotte and Brooklyn at, at five. You got Portland and continue their East Coast road trip at Orlando at five. Orlando at five. And rounding out the Sunday night schedule, the Spurs at Houston to take on the Rockets at six o'clock. Also at six o'clock, Utah at OKC. The Jazz take on the Thunder. A big game for both teams as both squads trying to still fight to stay in the play-in tournament. At 6.30, the first half of the ESPN Sunday night doubleheader featuring your New York Knicks at the Boston Celtics at TD Bay North Garden. Also at 6.30, the Bucks and the Wizards. And then rounding out the Sunday night schedule, the second half of the ESPN Sunday night doubleheader, Memphis at the Clippers. And that is your schedule for the NBA for this weekend. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. Akina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. We're gonna, of course, we're going to stay in the hard, at the hardwood, but we're also going to be talking about college hardwood. Um, you know, going to yesterday, uh, last night, I should say, Illinois got a big win against Michigan. Yay! Yeah, 91-87 uh, in double overtime. Matthew Mayer had 24 points, who helped kind of lead the charge. Of course, you know, the, the uh, Michigan was up big, you know, at the – you know, in regulation, you know, they mm -hmm. pulled a, a nice little run together. Talk about Illinois. Uh, they were throwing stuff, you know, down there at, at Assembly Hall. So, like, I'm not going <laughs> to the names. So, we're going to forget about that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, you know, this was a, a big, that's a big loss for Michigan because they were kind of like right there on the bubble. This loss, unfortunately, you know, doesn't help them. So, we'll get to the the, the, the conference implication, the, the playoff, the, uh, the tournament implication in just a second. But, you know, a nice win for uh, Illinois. Yeah, Illinois uh, came out hot last night. It was a very contested game. Well, Coleman Hawkins had six points, but uh, he was very good on the defensive end. He had seven rebounds. Uh, Dane Danger had eight points and and four rebounds. He he stayed out of he stayed out of foul trouble a little bit, Lakina. So there was there was some uh, pro progress there. Like I said, Matthew Meyer led the team with twenty four points. Uh, Terrence Shannon was a very good once again. I know he didn't have a good shooting game, only 4-14, but he was aggressive driving the ball to the basket, uh, scoring 21 points. R.J. Melendez had 12 points. Uh, he was the starting two guard, and he, he's been doing very well. 
And Mr. Rogers for uh, Illinois had 14 points off the bench. Ty Rogers, he's been we talked about him the last couple of shows, Lakina. He's that main glue that, that comes off the bench there, six man. He's been doing very well right now, uh, right now for Illinois these last few weeks. So, uh, Illinois, it seems like they learned their, lo uh, their lesson from their loss last Sunday afternoon at Ohio State. Uh, Michigan gave him a bound last night. Uh, uh, Dickinson, the, their big guy, he had a good game, but he has some not so good moments down the stretch in regulation and in overtime. But uh, Illinois somehow find a way to survive on senior night. Yeah, definitely an interesting game. And nonetheless, they're really a kind of a crazy game, too. But yeah, I mean, you know, fortunately for Michigan, I think this will definitely, you know, you know, will have their chances of, uh, of you know, getting the tournament because they're kind of like right outside the bubble now. Going into the rest of the uh, the schedule from uh, yesterday, of course, you know, Houston they wrapped up they wrap up the American uh, Conference uh, Championship, beating Wichita State, uh, UCLA pulled away from Arizona State, uh, Wisconsin is another team that that is uh, right there on the bubble. Unfortunately, you know, they had multiple chances, but they were uh, lost out to uh, to Purdue, sixty three uh, sixty one. Arizona uh, held off USC by six. And of course, you know, again, you get you're seeing some of the other uh conference. We'll get to all that other stuff in a second. But unfortunately, on the Horizon League side, of course, you know, Antoine Davis, of course, you guys are if you guys are following him, the, the Detroit Mercy Star, you know, was trying to get to a, a pistol piece scoring record that has been hold for like over 50 years. Was just four points short, of course. Youngstown State actually played some defense, so they, they held him off. He only had 22. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, of course, it's his fifth year, so Unfortunately, he he is four points short. Of course, uh, the Titans lose to Youngstown State, seventy-one uh, sixty-six, and I believe that's the second round of the uh, the Horizon League tournament. So, uh, Pistol P was again his record will stay intact. Also, too, going back to Big Ten action from last night, Minnesota upsets Rutgers seventy-five seventy-four. We we talked about Rutgers Lakina being on on the top half of the um, Big Ten bracket. They've been stumbling these last couple of weeks, along with Purdue. In, in Illinois to a lesser extent. Uh, what do you think it does to Rutgers' chances for getting into the big, to the, term, uh, to the big dance? Because I, I believe they need to be, make a big statement uh, next yeah, week in Chicago in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, that, that buzzer be my chance in battle. I think they I think they, they looked at it for like like 10 minutes, which is weird because I, I'm a, I'm wondering whether there's some gambling going on in that game. I'm just wondering because they, they 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 looked at it for like like 10 minutes and he had the he had the ball off for like 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 0.2 left 0.2 seconds left. We didn't cover the spread. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. But yeah, of course, yeah, of course, it counted. Duh. So you know, but yeah, I mean, this is not that's not the kind of loss you want if you're Rutgers, especially this close to your uh, conference tournament. You're, it, it starts next week. You're right there, kind of like on that borderline, the bubble. So it shouldn't affect them too much. I mean, it might be if they don't make a nice show in the Big Ten tournament, they might be one of those last four uh, in, and they have may have to play Tuesday or Wednesday. So they're gonna have to figure that out in that front. So yeah, like I said, some of the other uh, scores going back to uh, this weekend. You know, as this is really the last the last week of the regular season. So uh, Alabama uh, came back for I think they were, they were like 15 against Auburn. They were able to come back and. and Tied overtime, you know they they win ninety eighty five. TCU uh, held off Texas. That was a fun game to uh, to watch. Uh, K State uh, beat OU. Uh, UConn uh, just hammered DePaul. Ooh, that was that was a they were up. I think they were up by like you know twenty eight and like the two or something like that at one point. It was just mm -hmm. just brutal. You, you feel bad for uh, Tony Silverville because you know he's had injuries. Just it just bad luck. So I don't know if he's on the hot seat there, but. You know, Vander, Vanderbilt beat uh, Kentucky. So just we thought that maybe Kentucky was, was figuring it out. 
they lose to Vandy. So, you know, you know Jerry Stackhouse and his guys trying to make some noise. Take that, uh, John Calipari. <laughs> yeah, Ohio, yeah, Ohio State uh, beat Maryland by 10. So they're trying to get back mm-hmm. on the bubble. I should say Xavier beat uh, Providence and other uh, league action. So um, let's see. Uh, Missouri no, uh, pulled uh, held off uh, LSU. And uh, Penn State uh, beat Northwestern. A tough one for Northwestern in, in overtime. Um, they're kind of like stumbling down. They were kind of like, there were the two seats just last week, and now they've kind of stumbled a little bit. So it's all about lasting impressions, especially with this time of year. Yes, they got a nice resident talking about Northwestern, <laughs> but you don't want to have a, a, a bad losing streak, you know, going into it. The Penn State's trying to put themselves on the bubble, too. So, you know, they, they got to have to watch it there. I'm talking about Northwestern. So, I assume that was their last game of the year, correct? I'm talking about regular season. Yes. Talking about Northwestern. Yes. Yeah. I so, so. I, in my in my opinion, they need to win at least two games in the Big Ten tournament next week here in Chicago so they can improve their resume. I believe they're in the NCAA tournament, but uh, they need to win a couple of games just to get their confidence back and improve their seating. Kate, Kansas uh, pulled, uh, held off uh, Texas Tech. I think this is like their 18th. Uh, they're they're twenty. I think it's like their twenty first uh, Big Twelve, Big Eight slash Big Twelve tied. I think this is their like their twenty eighth or something like that. But it's like their eighteenth, like their fifteenth or sixteenth under mm-hmm. Bill Self. I mean, you know that that was you know, crazy. But uh, Marquette, you know, Shaka Smart. I mean, this is this is a Marquette team that a lot of people thought would finish near the bottom, but they were able to. They mm-hmm. they clinched number one seed in the in the Big East, so they beat Butler pretty easily. Uh, Tennessee beat uh, Arkansas, uh, Virginia with a nice bounce back win. Uh, Iowa, lo- Iowa loses to uh, Iowa. I mean, I, I don't you know that that was always a little confusing to me. But uh, <laughs> Boise State uh, upset San Diego State. Uh, Texas A&M uh, held off Ole Miss. So and uh, Duke uh, with their last uh, you know last home game of the season, I should say, uh, they beat NC State. Uh, yeah. So like I said, this is sort of like a lot of a lot of sales for. Um, for a conference tournament as we go into this weekend, you got the Missouri Valley uh, tournament going on. Number one C Bradley is up seven right now against mm-hmm. Northern Iowa. They're playing as we speak, but you guys can put on mute and then listen to us too. So there's, we're not going to be offended by that. And so the <laughs> conferences, uh, you know, kind of starting off as well. So, you know, like I said, a lot of this is just, you know, uh, the bigger conference are finishing up their season. So uh, we got like a lot of others, uh, Missouri State and Southern Illinois. That's a six. That's an eighth. Or I should say you can, that that's actually going to be on uh, NBC Sports Chicago Plus. So check out what the list is here in mm-hmm. Chicago uh, for that one. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, like I said, everyone else is sort of finishing up their season. Meets now you got New Mexico and Colorado State. I mean, like I said, New Mexico State. New Mexico is going to have to uh, perhaps maybe have to win their the whole conference to uh, to get ready for that to even get into the tournament. So, but. Finishing up on Saturday, tomorrow, you got Alabama and Texas A&M. That's at 11 a.m. on CBS. Iowa State, they've been struggling lately. Uh, a win against Baylor on the road would help, definitely help the improve their city. That's at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. And some of the key games for Sunday, goals like this. Number one, Houston will travel to Memphis to take on Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. That's at 11 o'clock on CBS. I'll definitely be tuning in to that one. At the same time, at 11 a.m. on Big Ten Network, number 21, Maryland will travel to uh, Penn State to take on the Nittany Lions. At 11.30 a.m. on Sunday on Fox, we'll have Purdue hosting Illinois. We'll see if Illinois can get back on track on that, on, on that one. And rolling down the rest of the Sunday schedule, Nebraska, Iowa at 1 o'clock on Big Ten Network. And as we in Michigan, we'll travel to, um, to Bloomington, Indiana, to take on number 15, the Indiana Hoosiers. That's at 3.30 on CBS. 
Yeah, the Missouri Valley will be uh, cushioned their spots. I believe the Ohio Valley, where Belmont and Murray State used to play, they'll be uh, uh, they'll, there's going to be some uh, tickets punched you know, by the time we reconvene on Monday. So make sure you guys check that out. <laughs> now going back to Saturday, Ohio State, Michigan State, you know, Ohio State trying to get back on the bubble. So we'll see if it's not too little too late for them. That's going to be 11 a.m. on uh, ESPN. You got Tennessee and Auburn also on ESPN at one o'clock tomorrow. Uh, K-State in West Virginia, uh, of course, Duke of North Carolina. Uh, that's a, a big one, of course. That's going to be at Chapel Hill. Uh, TCU in Oklahoma and uh, Kansas and Texas at 3 o'clock on ESPN. And on the night games, you've got Utah and Colorado, uh, Pittsburgh and Miami. That should be a fun one on AC Network at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, I mentioned Duke of North Carolina. Uh, let's see. UConn, Villanova at 5.30 on well, the big Fox network tomorrow. Uh, let's see here. Uh, UCLA hosting Arizona. If Arizona beats UCLA, they get a share of the Pac 12 uh title. If they lose, then UCLA gets it all by themselves. And of course, you know, go, you know, and yeah, that those are, are your those are your schedule for the uh for uh for college who's as we're finished the regular season as we're going into March Madness with a uh, conference tournaments commencing. <laughs> Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as City Sports continues with Jack Bushman, also Locked On Blackhawks podcast, and a whole lot more. I'm Sid Deslakina. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports on the hashtag Friday Fun Fun Friday Edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKIDA0. That's SIDKIDA0. Say it five times fast. You can follow me. That's easy. Not so easy there. You can follow me at Kina Begin on the Twitter and at Kina's Begin on the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravagance we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, especially for our next guest, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. Lakina, let's not waste any time. Let's do that hockey as today is the, um, the NHL trade deadline day. And we have on our well, I guess who's so host the main host of the Lot Don Blackhawks uh podcast. You can catch that podcast wherever you get your podcast, and you can watch it on YouTube as well. Just type, type in Lot on Blackhawks. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack Bushman2. That's the number two, just Jack Bushman, uh, the number two on the Twitter. And you can follow his other hockey account, Talking Hockey, uh, on Twitter as well. Let's welcome into the show, Mr. Jack Bushman. Jack, well, welcome, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Sydney and Lakina, I got to say, I know I'm on here to talk hockey, but hearing you guys talk about college basketball while I was in the lobby has me fired up for what we're about to see these next couple of weeks with March Madness around the corner. But uh, I'm super excited. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. And we'll see if the Blackhawks have any moves here as we're into the last hour of the trade deadline. Yeah, just yeah, just a note before we conduct before we continue this interview. If there's any uh, breaking news as far involving any trades of note in particular, the Blackhawks will bring that to you uh, throughout throughout the course of the show and, and definitely throughout this interview. So we want to put that disclaimer out there. Jack, I want to uh, start out with Patrick Kane. Of course, he made his debut last night with the New York Rangers. We'll talk about that in just a second. But it looks like GM of the Hawks, Kyle Davis, it looks like he, this was obviously the best deal that he got. Uh, for, for Patrick came from the New York Rangers. I thought personally when Vladimir Tarasenko was traded to the Rangers a couple of weeks ago, he, he's pairing over Panera and I said, uh, I didn't think Patrick King was going to go over there, but Patrick King insisted that he wanted to play for the Rangers. He, he got his wish. Uh, what are your thoughts about the deal? Yeah, it is kind of an unfortunate situation. And I do feel for Blackhawks fans who are frustrated considering we didn't get an optimal return for Patrick Kane, but <laughs> all things considered, considering that Patrick Kane only gave Kyle Davidson, the New York Rangers mm -hmm. to work with, he really had 
zero leverage, like no leverage whatsoever. And in fact, getting a conditional 2023 second round pick that could turn into a first if the Rangers reach the Eastern Conference final this year, that was probably the best that he was going to do. And that's probably even more than what most folks expected in the past couple of days leading up to that deal. So I know it doesn't seem like a lot, especially considering what Patrick Kane did for Chicago, three-time Stanley Cup champion, arguably the greatest Blackhawk in franchise history. And to get that type of return, yeah, it's it's not going to sit well with the fans, and I understand that. But one thing I've really been trying to resonate to them is this was – the best that Kyle Davidson could do. This this really was his only option. The other one was letting Patrick Kane walk away in free agency for nothing in return. And that's just bad business. You just don't do that in the world of sports. I know some people are saying, well, is this really better than getting nothing? Yes, this is absolutely, yes. <laughs> absolutely better than getting nothing. I, I know it's a tough pill to swallow to see such an icon for this franchise move away for that type of return. But this was the best that Kyle Davidson could have done, Sydney. Yeah, and also, too, I think people need to also remember, too, with hockey, especially when it comes to the NHL, I mean, you're kind of in the player's hands, especially when well, with the O'Kaner having these no-trade clauses. I mean, you know, the only place he would go to is the Rangers because they're right there, kind of like, you know, the top contenders of the East. So, unfortunately, you know, this is the best yet. Look, I, I, look, I thought it was a good trade. I thought it was a solid trade for what they were able to get for him. So, but, you know, the, the, you know, going to Max Domi for one second there, of course, they he was traded to Dallas. He and Dylan uh, Wells, uh, they get uh, Anton Kudabon. I got I need these, some of these European names are hard for me to pronounce. 2025 second rounder. So that trade actually was actually a, was a solid trade uh, for the Blackhawks, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do think taking on Anton Kudobin's $2.2 million contract, doing Dallas mm-hmm. that favor, um, maybe the Blackhawks could have gotten a little bit more, but going into this season and leading up to the trade, de- trade deadline, one thing I talked about on my show was if the Blackhawks could get a second round pick for Max Domi at the end of the day, I'd be happy about it. And that's what they got. So th- there are, I think, a couple of deals that Kyle Davidson has made that maybe they could have been a little better, but I, I still think taking on assets, getting assets for a player that, you know, we just signed in free agency, getting a second round pick, Anton Kudobin, just someone who's going to take up some cap space for the rest of this year. But the name of the game for the Blackhawks is getting future assets, getting draft picks. And they were able to do that and get a solid draft pick for Max Domi. So all in all, I think it was a good deal. Uh, And there is also the chance that Max Domi could be coming back here in the offseason. We've heard a bunch of rumors that, you know, Domi, despite the Blackhawks not having a lot of success at all this season, he was really enjoying himself here. The coaching staff really liked having him. Uh, And he's talked about how he, he would kind of like some stability at this point in his career, being a guy that's bounced through several NHL teams throughout his career thus far. And with the Blackhawks having an awful lot of cap space coming up this summer, that they could give Max Domi a very lucrative deal. They're going to need players that are going to take on some big type of money just to get to the salary cap floor. It's kind of crazy. We went through all those years where the Blackhawks had no financial <laughs> wiggle room whatsoever, and now they have like most in the entire NHL. That's what they're used to their advantage. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a reunion with Max Domi this summer. Anything can happen, but again, he really lo- enjoyed his time here, and the Blackhawks, I think, really – 
enjoyed having that kind of veteran presence. I know they're going through a rebuild, but you still need to have some veterans on your roster, right? And Max mm-hmm. Domi feels like a guy that could be a good fit there. So there is the potential while Max Domi has just been shipped out that we could see more of him in a Blackhawks sweater uh, this summer, potentially. I'm getting old right now, Jack. I remember uh, Max's father playing from 20-plus years ago, so funny how time flies. (laughs) Jack Bushman, uh, host of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, is hanging out with us on a Friday edition of Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. See you looking at him with us. We're live in 11 color talking Blackhawks in the NHL. Let's say with the other deals that they were made from the Blackhawks, Jack. Of course, Toronto gets gets Sam Lafferty, and they – uh, get Jake McCabe. I thought both of them may had a had a bright future with the Blackhawks, but but uh, uh, Kyle Davis has said no. That was the case. I think this this is going to be a good deal for Toronto as they trying to look to win now and get past the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, this feels like a deal that really could work out for both sides here. Sam Lafferty and Jake mm-hmm. McCabe were two of the few bright spots on the Blackhawks mm-hmm. this season. Um, mm-hmm. and as unfortunate as it is to trade away those types of players. It's kind of what happens in a rebuild. You need to give away good stuff in order to take on good assets in return. That's just kind of how business works. So as tough as it is to see Sam Lafferty, who ever since he he came here, he was actually Kyle Davidson's first acquisition when he was the interim general manager for the Blackhawks. Uh, He really has just been everything that a playoff team would want a guy who can be in the bottom six and provide some energy, some, some intensity. He's willing to throw hits, sacrifice his body. He's great on the Mm -hmm. penalty tied for the league and shorthanded goals this season. Uh, And the finishing touch really came around for him this year. That was kind of one thing we saw from him last year when he first joined the Blackhawks. He got a ton of opportunities because of his speed and what he was able to generate. Just wasn't able to find the back of the net. That kind of changed in the last month or two leading up to him getting dealt. And the Blackhawks, I thought, really capitalized on his return. And and same with Jake McCabe, who Mm -hmm. I think was probably the the best player for the Blackhawks when he was here throughout the first half. This is a Blackhawks team that right now has a goal differential of like minus 70 and Jake yep. McCabe plus seven when he was on the Blackhawks. I mean, that is an incredible stat. I know plus minus isn't the end all be all of hockey stats, but for McCabe to be plus seven on this Blackhawks team really was impressive. He was having a phenomenal year and the Blackhawks really capitalized on both Lafferty and McCabe having strong seasons. So I know some people out there were a little upset that maybe the Blackhawks didn't get a first round pick in the 2023 NHL draft, which is rumored to be the strongest first round that we've seen in quite some time. But Kyle Davidson, I think also has done a really good job of kind of spreading out the draft picks that he's taking on. We now have the Blackhawks now have at least two first round picks in each of the next three NHL drafts. I'm sure they're going to be adding more to that with all the cap space that they'll have. Mm -hmm. I also think with this being a very heavy first round, I think some teams were reluctant to give away 2023 first round picks. So um, that was a little frustrating that they couldn't get into the first round in 2023, but the way I kind of broke it down was you get a first for Jake McCabe, you get a second for Sam Lafferty. If you told me that 
even two weeks ago or, or leading into the season, I would have been absolutely thrilled about that return. So uh, I, I was really happy with this move in particular from Kyle Davidson, two high draft picks. And for Toronto on the other end, like you mentioned, Sydney, they get two really solid players that I think are made for postseason hockey. And obviously Toronto has been trying to get over that hump for quite some time. I mean, they're usually the laughing stock of Twitter come April and May. So those are two players that I really do think can help them get over the, that hump and, are really primed for postseason hockey. Let's talk about the uh, the rest of the NHL. Uh, the rest of the coast the traded line first, and we'll talk about the the league as a whole. You're know, going into uh, you know, these last few weeks of the season now. The, were there have were there like any trades that kind of you know you you kind of like let you scratch in your heads? You know, were there any trades that kind of surprised <laughs> you? I know, uh, you know the Hurricanes got a big defenseman in Shane Kubashir, and uh, I think what the Canucks got of uh, uh, Philippe Hornick. Uh, you know. Like, the king. I mean, like I said, the, the senators got Jacob Tucherum, who you know Sid knows. I I really like him. So, and you know, were there like any trades that kind of like left you sort of like you know scratching your heads? Were they sort of like okay, that's interesting? Were like any trades that kind of like gave you that reaction? The one trade that really stood out to me, I'm not sure if you two saw it, but the Nashville tra- Predators traded Tanner Janot to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Tampa Bay mm-hmm. gave up an unworldly return. There were rumors going out there on Twitter that general managers literally had their jaws on the floor yep. for that type of return. I think <laughs> for Tanner Janot, who had a really strong rookie season last year for Nashville, but he shot close to 20%. And anytime you see someone with a shooting percentage that high, you are a little worried of it coming back down to earth. We saw the offensive numbers and the shooting percentage take a dip for Tanner Janot this season, but uh, Tampa Bay still wound up giving giving away quite a lot for him. And I know that Mm -hmm. occurred the day before the Blackhawks traded Sam Lafferty. So that had some Blackhawks fans being like, could we get a could we get a first round pick for Sam Lafferty? Uh, I don't think another general manager around the league was going to give away that type of return. Um, but it is kind of interesting that in this post COVID salary cap era, that's really what has been the driving factor for good returns because there are so many contending teams around the NHL right now that just have no cap space because the salary cap isn't supposed to go up until this summer or the following summer. So a lot of teams are in a financial crunch right now. And that's why we've seen players on cheap deals generate such good returns like a Sam Lafferty, a guy who's, you know, on a playoff team, a bottom six guy, he gets a second round pick for the Blackhawks because he's signed to a very team friendly deal. And we also saw that at last year's trade deadline with Brandon Hagel, as unfortunate as it was to give away a player of that caliber. And mm-hmm. as frustrating as it's been to see him on the top line for Tampa Bay, having a ton of success with that club, the Blackhawks had offered two first round picks, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. It was just simply a deal that general manager Kyle Davidson couldn't say no to. He said himself, we don't want to trade away Brandon Hagel, but this was something I couldn't say no to. Tampa Bay gave away a lot because they don't have any financial flexibility really. And that was kind of what we saw again with the Tanner Janot trade. So that was the one that that really shocked me and I'm sure shocked a ton of people Mm -hmm. across the NHL Mm -hmm. because that's again, probably a bottom six guy on a playoff roster and Tampa Bay gave away a ton of future draft picks in exchange for him. We'll see if it pays off because Tampa Bay certainly has the roster to still go and compete for the Stanley cup. Obviously they were back-to-back champions and made it to the Stanley cup for the third consecutive year last year. Those types of deals have worked out for them so far. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see if Janelle helps them find postseason success once again this year. 
Uh, let's uh, go back to the Western Conference, Jack, and talk about these two teams. The LA Kings, who were the surprise team last year, they took Edmonton to seven, and the Vegas Golden Knights, who barely missed the playoffs last year, thanks to the Blackhawks beating them at the second to last mm-hmm. game of the, of the regular season. <laughs> this year, mm-hmm. uh, the Kings are still there, but they're mm-hmm. going through some goaltending issues right now. They traded Jonathan Quick yesterday to Columbus. Jonathan Quick said, I'm not going to Columbus. <laughs> and let me hold out for a better deal. He got his wish, and he's now going to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, what's your outlook for mm-hmm. both those teams as we head down a stretch uh, towards uh, towards the end of the regular season? The Western Conference is so up for grabs right now. The Eastern mm-hmm. Conference is certainly the stronger conference, but the West is, is really anyone's game right now. I, I think a lot of people are just assuming the Colorado Avalanche are going to, you know, they're starting to get healthy, starting to play their mm-hmm. best hockey of mm-hmm. the season. A lot of people are just kind of assuming that they're going to roll through the Western Conference and get back. But you just mentioned two teams right there who I think have the capability of hanging around with them. Vegas, I know they're dealing with injury problems, and that probably leaves me a little concerned on that front. But I still, coming into the season, I thought they were the dark horse. I know a lot of people love rooting against Vegas because of their salary cap maneuvers and everything they Mm -hmm. kind of do everyone kind of uh loves rooting against them but I, I still think they are one of the better teams in the western conference as for los angeles i think they're a really interesting club because i, I still feel like in my mind they're maybe a year or two away from being legitimate contenders but at the same time they got 78 points right now in the western conference one point mm-hmm. off conference lead i don't think anyone expected them last year no one really expected them to give Edmonton the run that they did or even qualify Mm -hmm. for the Stanley Cup playoffs I don't think anyone really expected them to be arguably the best team in the West right now so the West is just so up for grabs in my mind it's kind of just whoever is playing the best hockey going into the playoffs like that that's what you're always trying to do and what you're striving for this time of year. So I'm super excited about the Western conference. Jonathan quick, I I know is probably a little salty that he's not going to be along for the ride. this year. (laughs) I'm super stoked to watch everything in this conference and how it shakes out here in the next month, because a lot of teams are neck and neck and outside of the avalanche, I don't think anyone really knows who the best team is or the most likely team to represent the Western conference in the Stanley cup final. Let's go to East for a second. I know that uh, the Bruins are, have already have over 100 points. But, you know, I know you got Toronto, of course. We talked about them earlier. I know Tampa Bay is right there. Carolina said knows how much I love that Carolina squad. The no-name squad. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what we are. There are a bunch of no-names. But, yeah, they're, like, leading the Metropolitan Division right now. Uh, also, yeah, New Jersey, which which has a lot of the big stars. They're right there as well, along with the Rangers, too. Yeah, they would, I know uh, with the Kane trade, I know uh, they lost. but. You know, you got to think they'll probably get better as, you know, Kanner gets, you know, his feet wet uh, there. What do you think about the East? Is it really Boston and the the field? Or do you think can one of the team, other teams we've mentioned, you know, kind of, you know, get up there and challenge them? Yeah, it's a really good question. For me, I I just have a hard time going against Tampa Bay. They've, they remind me a lot of what the Chicago Blackhawks were from 2010 to 2015, where it's kind of like, We're going to get through the regular season, whatever seed we get, we're okay with it because we know we have the guys in this locker room who have been there and done that, who know how to get the job done. And it's hard for me to pick anyone to beat Tampa Bay four times in seven games. So that's kind of still where I'm leaning, but the two other teams that intrigue me the most, you mentioned the Bruins, they're just 
a point percentage of 83%, and we have 20 games left in the season. It's absolutely unheard of. Hard to say the Bruins aren't going to be able to find that same success in the playoffs. Uh, The other team would be the New York Rangers. At the end of the day, they are just so loaded. I know they lost Patrick Kane's team debut to the Ottawa Senators last night, but just look at this roster as a whole. The top six is incredible considering they've added Tarasenko and Patrick Kane. Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, the team is absolutely loaded with talent. Adam Fox on the back end to man the power play. And then you got Igor Shosturkin in that who, mm-hmm. you know, outside of Andre Vasilevsky, he's probably the next guy that I'd want manning the net come playoff time. So those are really the three teams that I'm kind of looking at the most here as we're leading up to the playoffs. I think one of those three teams, in my mind at least, are most likely to come out of the Eastern Conference. We're heading down the home stretch where the Lockdown Blackhawks host Jack Bushman right here on Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here on Sports on Chicago, real live and live in color. Sid King and hanging out with you. Back to the Blackhawks, Jack. Of course, you have Ian Mitchell, uh, Taylor Radish, and Philip Kurashev. Um, some of the prospects left on this roster. I know Jonathan Tate's uh, captain series is not going to play the rest of this year due to various health issues. What should Blackhawks fans uh look forward to what they should should they be paying attention to between now and the end of the regular season they should not be looking at the final results because there are going to be a lot of losses coming for this blackhawks team in these final 20 mm-hmm. 22 games considering kane's gone domi's mm-hmm. gone the cave's gone lafferty's gone but it was kind of the intention here at the end of the deadline you want to be losing these games and putting yourself in a good position for the 2023 nhl draft but that doesn't mean you should ignore these games completely because there are still some pieces that the blackhawks are hopeful for moving forward that are going to be getting good opportunities now that those players that i just mentioned have been traded away you'd mentioned taylor radish he's a guy who's had a, a really strong season for the blackhawks kind of been solidified on the second line he played with jonathan taves a ton when he was still healthy so hopefully radish will be able to kind of keep producing particularly in the goal scoring department i think that's his best asset and i really do think there's a chance that he's a second line maybe as this team gets deeper and deeper a third line piece of the future but a guy who's got some good size uh, decent speed, goes to the front of the net with a purpose and has a really strong shot. So he, he's someone that I'm really going to still be keeping an eye on here in the second half. Philip Kershev, someone who he's been getting these opportunities inside the top six and he shows us flashes from time to time. My biggest critique on him, not only this year, but last season as well. We just It's time for Philip Kershev to start doing it a little bit more consistently. To be fair, Again, kind of like Radish, he's not a top-line player on a good team, probably more so a second or a third liner. So probably in a little bit over his head playing top-line minutes, or at least for people who are expecting him to produce his top as a top-liner, that's probably never going to be his game necessarily. Um, but Philip Kershev has shown us a lot of good stuff. And I think people forget he's still quite young and was a fourth-round pick not all that long ago. Not many picks in that draft have played as many NHL games as Philip Kershev has. So I think one thing that I do want to emphasize with Blackhawks fans throughout this stretch, not only the end of this season, but next year as well, we can afford to be patient. We don't need players to go in and produce right now. And if you're not producing, we're going to trade you out. Like maybe we saw with the previous regime, the name for the Blackhawks right now is being patient and figuring out what pieces to the puzzle we already have and what Mm -hmm. pieces still need out need to go out and acquire so for Blackhawks fans out there 
the team is going to be bad, but be patient with these players, not only through the end of this season, but through next year. A lot of them are still very young into their NHL careers. And when you quit on players so early, it becomes frustrating when you go and see them have success somewhere else later on in their career. I think Kirby Doc is someone from Montreal who's going to only get better and better and better. And the Blackhawks just couldn't afford to be as patient with him as um, maybe they probably should have been. Another guy in defenseman Gustav Forsling, who we've seen do wonders for the Florida Panthers. Another guy the Blackhawks kind of quit on early. So I think that it's good that that mentality has kind of been thrown out the door and they're allowing these players to, to develop at the proper time, not only in the NHL level, but also down in Rockford. What they have going on with the Ice Hogs right now is very mm -hmm. important to this front office. And that hasn't been the case really since prior to the Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, they, they hadn't developed any players from Rockford in, in far too long. It's been really nice to see Kyle Davidson emphasize what they have in their farm system once again, because that's a big part through your rebuilding processes, uh, giving guys opportunities down in the AHL, not throwing them right into the fire of the NHL, letting them become professionals, understand how the game's played, and further round out their games down there. So I, I do think the Blackhawks still have some intriguing pieces. Um, I, I know they traded away a lot of their best players, some would say, but there are still pieces here that they're hopeful for. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing them develop over the next couple of years. Last Moto 2 with Locked On Blackhawks host Jack Bushman here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Now, Jack, last question for me. Uh, Connor McDavid, is he is he your heart uh, trophy front runner? I think, I think he just scored another goal, I think, a couple of nights ago. It's just <laughs> The, the absurdity. I mean, he's leading, leading the league in, in, in goal scoring and I guess like, you know, different shifts and whatnot. So what, what more can you say about uh, a one Mr. Connor McDavid? Unbelievable is the only way that I could sum it up. And I think he has to win the Hart Trophy. I, I don't know how he does in 52 goals in 62 games. This isn't the 1980s or the 1990s. This is the modern day <laughs> NHL and he's putting up video game numbers, 118 points in 62 games. I, it's unfathomable the numbers that he's producing up there in Edmonton. Um, I'm sure he he trades some of that for some team success. Obviously, Edmonton hasn't been able to get over the hump either, despite having not only him, but Leon Dreisaitl, who's well considered mm -hmm. to be one of the best mm -hmm. players in the NHL as well. But with McDavid putting up these, these type of numbers this year, I think you have to, I, how could you not give him the heart? He's doing things that in the modern day NHL, I don't think people thought were possible. And he's on pace for what, 150 points in the season. Go back six or seven years ago, folks. Jamie Benn led the NHL with 88 points in a year. Connor McDavid already has 118 and he's got 20 more games to play. So uh, he's just such an incredible <laughs> talent. I, I went to uh, a Blackhawks Oilers game earlier on this season, watched McDavid score a hat trick and it's one of those moments where I told myself I will never, never not buy a ticket when Connor McDavid is in town. He is worth the price of admission watching him perform in person. It's incredible. And man, it, it makes me think about what the Blackhawks could possibly have in a player like Connor Bedard, who's projected to go first overall in the 2023 NHL draft. Obviously he's got a long ways away to be doing what McDavid is in the NHL, but that's a guy who's kind of been put into that same general generational talent conversation with Connor McDavid. So seeing what he's been able to do this year up in Edmonton, it's been 
otherworldly. And uh, yeah, it just has me thinking about what the Blackhawks could possibly have in their future if they get lucky enough to win the NHL draft lottery and come out with the first overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. Last question for me, Jack. Outside of game six, 2010 against Philadelphia in the Stanley Cup final, what is your favorite Patrick Kane moment? <sighs> Putting me on the spot here. There are so many, <laughs> there are so many over the years. My, my favorite Patrick Kane moment is going to be a moment that uh, it's not going to be a favorite moment for anybody else, but it was really what kickstarted my Blackhawks fandom as a young age, and I'll never forget it. It was during Patrick Kane's rookie year. It was in March. The Blackhawks, for the first time in – 10 years probably were on the cusp of making the playoffs. They end up falling short, um, but it was Patrick Kane's rookie year, Jonathan Taves rookie year. The first time where the buzz was kind of starting to be real mm -hmm. about what the Blackhawks could have with these two players. And uh, I was sitting in the hundred level at the United center with my dad and with my grandpa, never been to a Blackhawks game in my life. Not really the biggest hockey fan, but watching 18-year-old Patrick Kane score the overtime winner against the rival St. Louis Blues, celebrating, oh, jumping into man. the glasses, 18-year-old, <laughs> that had me hooked on not only uh, the Chicago Blackhawks in the game of hockey, but that had me hooked on Patrick Kane is my favorite player. And that's really what kickstarted all of this. I don't think I'd be in this position doing what I do without Patrick Kane. Um, and the legacy that he had with the Chicago Blackhawks. So, yeah, that, that's probably my favorite Patrick Kane moment because it was uh, a little bit touching to me and really started my hockey fandom. But there, there were so many over the years, and um, it's been it's been a tough pill to swallow that he's gone. It almost doesn't feel real. He was here for so long and uh, yeah. part of my life, obviously. But I, I guess I'm just very fortunate and thinking about how fortunate we all were to see Patrick Kane and. Uh, all the moments that he was able to create for the Blackhawks over the years. Not, not sure we're ever going to see another player like him in Chicago. Okay. Okay. Uh, real quick. You know, my last question is my real last question. I see you're a big Mac and cheese fan. What's your favorite homemade box? I'm a homemade guy. I'm a homemade guy. Listen, I, I'm making it with my own cheese, making it with the heavy creamer. I'm cooking it on the pot and then I'm putting it in the oven and cooking it after to let it get that baked flavor, throw some breadcrumbs on there. Uh, I've really been kind of getting my own mac and cheese recipe down. And the last two, not to toot my own horn here, the last two uh, two mac and cheese batches that I've made, I guess, if you will, have been my best personally. And I've been sharing it with some other people. They've enjoyed it as well. So mac and cheese, as childish as it may sound, is a personal <laughs> favorite of mine, and I think it will be forever. Uh, and now that I've kind of got the recipe down to make my own, uh, I think cooking in the oven with breadcrumbs is the real secret there. Give it that that crisp touch at the end. Um, yeah, that's that's my go-to for sure. Yeah. Like brought like lobster or no lobster or like chicken or broccoli. I've seen people put that. I've seen tomatoes too on some spots. Like no, no, no. What about you? That's interesting that you say that. My grandma, that's a crazy memory that you just brought in my head. My grandma used to make mac and cheese with tomatoes. I wasn't the biggest fan as a kid, but it was like, it was that that dish that I'll always kind of associate with my grandma, funny enough. I, I wouldn't mind throwing some lobster in there. I, I think that's a good touch. And if it's done well, can be the correct method. Maybe I'll have to give that a try on my next one. You're throwing some great ideas my way. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate I'm an idea person. I, well, I try. <laughs> Kinda <laughs> bird dart. Kinda bird dart. <laughs> that oh, should be gosh. the chant at the United Center, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. But if it does, uh, you can thank yours truly for that. <laughs> this this has been our guy, uh, Jack Bushman. He's the host of the Lockdown Black Blackhawks podcast. 
You can download that podcast wherever you get your podcast, and you can watch it right here on YouTube. Just type in that search engine box on your YouTube screen, uh, Locked on Blackhawks. You can follow him on Twitter. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Mr. Bushman? At Jack Bushman, too. You'll get Blackhawks stuff. A big golf fan, UFC. I'm a big UFC fan as well. John Jones is back this weekend. So if you want a mirage of different sports stuff, check me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman too. And also follow him on Talking Hockey as well on Twitter. And that's where I found him a few years ago. And he really has some great stuff on there on Twitter. So follow him on Twitter at there as well. Jack, thank you so much for taking time on your busy schedule to join us today. Great job on the Blackhawks and the NHL. Much continued success, young man. And we'll definitely have you back on here soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the kind words. Looking forward to doing it again. All right. Take care and have a great one. You folks as well. Thank you so much. All right. All right. You can check out him out on, uh, check out Jack on Locked On Blackhawks, wherever you get your uh, your podcast, Google, Mm -hmm. Spotify, everywhere. So it's all right there. Uh, So we're going to take a really quick break. We got some NFL combine stuff and uh, maybe some sports Mm -hmm. media sports media news as well. Easy for me to say. (laughs) A lot of things to to wrap things up here. Second season sports on Sports on Chicago coming up. We'll wrap things up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to our last segment of the show for this weekend for uh, today's show right here on, on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live and live in color. Sid Lakina here with you. As uh, Lakina is trying to buzz off whoever's um, ringing her phone, <laughs> I will tell you that you can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kenan's going to begin the IG. I guess, uh, I guess everyone wants someone to call about the uh, a monster dunk that uh, Bradley just showed uh, to uh, you know, take the lead. They're actually in a, in a little bit of a, a fight right now with Northern Iowa in the quarterfinals of the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. That's going. Yeah, I just right saw now. that replay, Lakina. That was a monster dunk. Look like the Jordan Air Air Jordan yeah. pose with the left hand. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely needed that because uh, I think Northern Iowa went on a little bit of a run to, to tie the game. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that gives them a little bit of a, a spark there. But uh, nonetheless, you know, of course, we got you guys here for the next uh, 25, 20, 25 minutes or something like that. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll get right, you know, right to it here. Uh, Sid, you know, the, the combine is commencing right now. Wrapping it up a little bit. I think, I think tomorrow's the last, the last day, I believe. And uh, unfortunately, some interesting things happened that, well, not good. I mean, Jalen Carr, the star uh, edge rusher for Georgia, um, was cited um, in the death of a teammate and a staff member, uh, street racing, allegedly. And uh, he had to leave for a little bit. He post went back to Athens, posted bond, and then you know, was able to go back to Indianapolis. He's not working out. He is answering questions. So I know there have been some mock drafts have the Bears press taking him, whether it's number one or whether it's at the trade back. So this news about Jalen Carr, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that the Bears will still uh, – you know, as uh, they hit another three. Come on, come on, uh, Bradley, play a little bit of defense here. My God. Uh, but, <laughs> this you know, is live, folks. This is live. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, live. We're live to live uh, here. But yeah, what do you think about the whole Jalen Carlin in that situation? I think the Bears should be cautious, just like any other responsible NFL team. We know that NFL teams, professional sports teams in general, uh, everybody has a different moral standard. But that's why you have a contingency plans like, you know, just in case uh, this case turns for the worse. For, for Mr. Carter, you have other players that you may consider to you want to select that number one. Uh, these teams uh, uh, do their homework. Most teams, uh, responsible teams, they they do their homework on these prospects and they dig in everything into your background because you are an investment. So, and Mr. Carter is no different than anybody else who's there at the combine this weekend working out for uh, for uh, future teams. So, for the Bears right now, I'm sure behind closed doors, um, I'm sure that if it if, if Carter was to be their number one selection there, they're sweating in it out right now, but you have to have backup plans. And right now I think he'll be off the board until whatever revolution uh, resolution comes within this case. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, like I said, I mean, a thousand dollar bail, I should say, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting though. Like you said, uh, Sid, I mean, I know that there's been a lot of caution. I know that bears have been high on him since jumping. You know, this, you know, this whole thing you know, is such a tragedy. So you, you hope that maybe, you know, not necessarily a resolution because, you know, unfortunately two young people lost their lives. But you hope that maybe, just maybe, that they can kind of, you know, get things 
you know, going in. Well, we'll see what happens now. Uh, some of the other uh, things, uh, we'll, we'll do locally for a second. You know, Devin Witherspoon, who is a corner for uh, Illinois, I think. I think he hurt himself. I think he was spreading, I believe. And uh, unfortunately, he won't be able to, you know, he did, you know, there is a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, prospects on him. And there's a lot of buzz about him. Of course, you know, he did actually get, get a little bit banged up there. But, you know, we think about his chances, perhaps he could be maybe a second rounder, maybe, or maybe a, you know, a high, you know, first, although, although first rounder, I should say. Yeah. It, like you said, injuries shouldn't um, be too much of a concern, but unfortunately for some of these teams, there are, but it depends on how fast that he can recover from this and, and show what he could do uh, in other workouts. But my opinion is he'll probably be high sec- second round. I know that's definitely a big difference money-wise when, when you get selected, but probably still, like you mentioned, a high second round, maybe low first round, but probably second round in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, and like I said, there's been a lot of buzz. One, one of the top defenders from uh, last year, we was the reason why Illinois was able to have the, you know, when, you know, you know Kind of came out of nowhere, wraps were able to get to the one of the New Year's Day bowl games. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, Will Levis, of course, you know, he, you know, he kind of unleashed a little bit of a cannon. So, you know, he's going to be working out in a little bit, you know, arm wise. Also, you know, Bryce Young, you know, there, you know, there's been some, you know, people hesitant because about his size and whatnot. He's a little bit smaller. He's about six feet. So, and you know, that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Drew Brees is probably the best example, I think, you know, kind of like the same size as that. So mm-hmm. some people are wondering, you know, I know uh, Houston and Indianapolis, some people say that maybe one of those teams might trade, you know, trade to the Bears to get, you know, to draft him. So what do you th- what do you think about uh, Bryce Young, perhaps maybe his prospects? I know you watched him longer than I have, Lakina. Watching him, I think he could be a good quarterback in the NFL, but I know height shouldn't be. Uh, so much of a concern, but me and Lakina, for me, like I said, this just for me watching him a few, a couple of games here and there the last couple of years all the way through. He just doesn't have that it factor to me. I know he has enough skill to play in the NFL, but I don't know that he's an it factor for me. So I, you know, his height shouldn't, shouldn't be a, a hindrance, but unfortunately with some teams it is. It's not so much seeing over the line, but how far can you throw the ball downfield? And for me, you know what I'm saying, just for me personally watching uh, way less games than you and other scouts, uh, he doesn't have that zip on the football to throw deep, in, in my opinion. Yeah, that's going to be another thing, too. But, yeah, you know, speaking of you know, another but another player that's getting some buzz, his teammate Will Anderson, and, of course, he's the defensive end from Alabama. I know a lot of people, a lot, I've seen some Bears fans say that maybe they should probably have maybe, you know, concentrate on him with, you know, Carter's issues. So, what do you think about Anderson? I really like, you know, I really like his size and, you know, sort of like, you know, you up front, you know, could he, I'm sure he could, he's, whoever drafts him, I think he'll definitely have an impact right away. I really, you know, he sees, and he seems like very like soft-spoken, you know, you think with his big size, he would be, you know, this sort of like tough guy, but he's actually is a very soft-spoken young man. So, you know, Will Anderson is probably another uh, name that I think, you know, probably uh, maybe Barris fans look to and maybe another defensive, you know, guy because they really need it. But any any team that, you know, that drafts him, well, he'll, he'll definitely have a, a, an immediate impact. I don't know if the Bears like him enough to select him at number one, but if they do, I won't, I won't be surprised. I kind of like them on the low, no pun intended. So, like you said, the, the Bears need uh, pass rushers. They, and the way that you win in the NFL today, is, and always, and all, but especially today's NFL, you need speed rushes, especially up front, that need to be mobile, like a Warren Sapp type when he changed the game in the mid to late 90s there. Those, remember, those defensive tackles were just 
big guys that clogged up the middle. You need some movement now. And and the way that these quarterbacks are today with with like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, those guys that you get out and bootleg and scramble, you need not just defensive ends, but defensive tackles that can be mobile as well. Yeah, I think that's going to be another thing, too. Now, speaking of, you know, kind of came up with the thing here, another Georgia edge rusher, uh, no, Nolan Smith. I mean, you know, some people are saying, you know, maybe Hassan Reddick. You know, people say that he has a similar size and, you know, he ran similar numbers when, you know, Reddick, you know, did the combine a few years ago. He's, you know, his reach was about, I, I guess, you know, a little bit, you know, more than uh, than Reddick. So people are saying that maybe, you know, his arm strength and such. So there's a lot of buzz about him kind of like growing in the last couple of days, especially. Yeah, I don't know what round that he's going. Uh, he's projected to be selected in, but if I'm the Bears, I know you have all these picks, <laughs> Brian Pauls, but mm-hmm. if he's up there in the second round, third round, maybe if he's still on the board, I would take a, a, a look at him. For, former Florida uh, quarterback Anthony Richardson, who decided to, you know, take, you know, go the rest of his you know, schooling, goes to the NF- NFL. Yeah, I know the Raiders have been high on him. I mean, I, I feel like he's one of those guys that he just needs the right system, I guess. But because mm-hmm. you know he had his struggles and then and what in college, but I'm, I'm wondering, like, you know, could he kind of be sort of like that? You know, will they is he going to be like that person that could have an impact on a, on a franchise right away? Do we have to sit him maybe for a little bit? But you know, it's it's it, you know, he's definitely another name that probably could be interesting as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. Yeah, this, this is teams that could use his services, and we'll see uh, what system that can fit him. And we'll just see what happens as uh, the days and weeks go by. Uh, the only thing that I don't like about the combine, and, and this applies to the workouts as well. Again, I don't want to go off topic a little bit, but it's just a staying within the realm. Uh, many of these scouts from these teams judge the, uh, the players by by what they do in on a one workout day, yeah. and uh, I don't I don't think that's fair. I know life's not fair. I get it, but you know you you should take that into consideration, but. You had to look at the totality of everything, what they did on the field and what they did on film. It's just everything's not just based on this one workout. Yeah, you can't have one bad workout and then suddenly your 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 draft shock should sink. I mean, you got to look at your your games. Every game is on television now to some extent, whether it's you know <laughs> in cable or streaming, and mm-hmm. it, it's definitely kind of like one of those things where you don't want to kind of be that you know that guy that that's why you can you can tell why some guys decide not to do the combine because of that mm-hmm. reason. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the combine. I, I think it's just, you know, kind of like a silly, you know, thing. And, you know, they you know, have the NFL Network filled time for like three days and such. So I, I'm, I'm not, a, I've never been a fan of it. I don't watch, I've never watched it like that. I've never had, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, you'll get to see Rich, Rich Eisen try to do the combine and such. But it, it's definitely kind of one of those things where you're sort of like, okay, let, let's, you know, okay, let's just get it over with. So I, I'm not going to, you know, have, uh, to predict someone's future just by like you know four days of strength and agility and you know running and sprinting and such and throwing and it. jewelry jingling <laughs> yeah, exactly with all their, their chains you know hanging so like i'm not you know i'm not into that so it is what it is but yeah i'm not a fan i'm like you i'm not a fan of it either i mean maybe nba draft you know the nba draft at combine has been i think like the last three or four years in some mm-hmm. cases it actually has helped guys sort of say hey i'm not ready for college in their case i think i could probably see that that might be a you know that mm-hmm. might actually help with their stock and maybe, you know, them going back, but it, it, it just, with the NFL, I think it's, I don't want to say it's a waste, but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, this is like a scene sports on sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Let's talk with the NFL. And let's talk about uh, Lamar Jackson for a second. And, and then I guess, uh, 
uh, apparently, uh, you know, we we heard what um, what John Harbaugh, the Raiders head coach, said that they want to, you know, keep you know Lamar, uh, you know, in the fold. Of course, they do, and you know, with the numbers, they're trying to look at numbers. Could he perhaps maybe be a franchise tag? I mean, who knows? Now, apparently, someone started a rumor that he might I mean he might go to Washington. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, people, people, my 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 head hurts. This is yeah, honorable, yeah. Would he, would he fit yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. Would he fit there? Yes, but Washington's going to have to give up a lot. I know they released Carson Wentz. Uh, thank goodness, but. They got to give up a lot. What do they have? Nothing. They don't really. They don't have nothing. That's my point. <laughs> yeah, they don't have nothing. Oh come on, guys, block the guy. Oh no, I'm sorry, but uh, sorry, but sorry about that, folks. Yeah, Northern. Yeah, uh, Bradley is now up uh, 56-54 over. Uh, uh, well, losing 56-54 to uh, to Northern Iowa. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing. Look, I, I wish that something would happen. Because like. Yeah, uh, finishing up on the Lamar Jackson uh, situation so we can get her uh, audio situation uh, situation intact. Uh, Lamar Jackson is one of those uh, quarterbacks that have changed the game in the National Football League. And uh, with, with his dynamic skill and talent, uh, he can, he's bound to make any team better. As we just mentioned, the Washington Commanders, they released Carson Wentz. But what do they really have to give up? Uh, uh, not much if they want uh, – want to acquire his services. I know there were some other rumors that perhaps the New York Jets are in play Former Lamar Jackson. I don't know if that's going to happen. I know they've been having meetings with Derek Carr, uh, the free agent quarterback from the Las Vegas Raiders over the last uh, week, week and a half or so. So we'll see what happens with that. <clears throat> but Lamar Jackson is, uh, I th is a dynam dynamic talent. I think the issue here is it's going to come down to uh, how much guaranteed money is, is Steve Bishotti, the owner of the Ravens, is, is willing to give out? And when Lamar Jackson, if he gets his long-term deal, uh, I'm sure he wants to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. If that happens, you know, what some of the other quarterbacks are, are behind Lamar Jackson, like Justin Fields in, in Chicago. We said before, if you Justin Fields in this campaign, attention to the situation because whatever Lamar gets, you're going to get even more if your production goes up the next couple of years as the Bills try to continue to rebuild here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sorry about that. It's to rain here in, in, uh, here in, uh, in our region. So, yeah, I think you know, it's kind of, you know, it'd be around with the Wi-Fi. But, I mean, look, I, I'm hoping that the Ravens can figure it out. I mean, it, I don't know. I, you know Lamar's been, at, you know, been pretty quiet about this stuff. But I'm, I'm kind of at that point where I'm kind of like, I'm just looking for something to happen. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not at the point where I'm annoyed let the Aaron Rodgers to for me we don't have to talk about the he's out of his uh darkness retreats you know I, I guess but yeah i mean we'll I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah i mean but yeah i mean you're hearing uh the guys that get up talk about it for like the last like two weeks and such i mean wake me when something happens on both fronts i mean i'm, I'm kind of mm -hmm. happy uh lamar jackson i'm kind of like you where who like it it's it's kind of absurd but yeah i mean i'm sure uh the Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Okay. Uh, no, look, yeah, me, yeah, you are having audio issues again as you was wrapping up your point. And, yeah, I don't know yep. about me. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Right, no, well, I was, was going to wrap up my uh, Jack's point by saying this: there's hopefully a, a long-term deal can get done because the Ravens do need him, and I know that uh, he he makes their franchise that much better in terms of competing for the Super Bowl. We saw in the playoffs of the last uh, couple of years that without his services, they're just an average football team, and so that uh, they, they need to resign him. Hopefully, they come to some. Resolution is uh, sometime here soon. Now, before we move on, Lakina, I know we have a few minutes left. I want to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. I know many people think they can perhaps jump back into the playoffs next year, but you still have uh, Matthew Stafford under contract, in my opinion. I'm not obviously I'm not room for this, but one more big hit in his career is over. Aaron Donald has had his injury issues uh, so far this season, missing the last almost full month of the regular season. I know you still have Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson did not have a good year last year, the free agent signing from Chicago. Now they're talking about uh, training Jalen Ramsey, and rightfully so because not too many people talk, not talk about this until now, but the Los Angeles Rams are in salary cap hell. I know uh, that GM said uh, bleep these picks, and and, and he, was off, he was right a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl over the Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, instance to say, so uh, – you see what happens when you don't manage your salary cap right. Uh, you're in salary cap hell for the next couple of years. And that's yeah, what they're facing right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the whole, yeah, I saw those rumors about uh, Jalen Rams. I don't know much about it. Why you're seeing a lot of stuff. not go back to the Super Bowl, but they at least gone to the playoffs. This this talk will not be happening since they, you know, over came near last place in their division. I think this is where all this talk is coming from. So like I don't know if this is just, you know, maybe just you know, guys putting out there to see if they can get something from them, but I don't think it's gonna happen. And network. He just posted like, funny a minute ago that that the Raiders are uh, planning to uh, franchise tag uh, Josh Jacobs if they, if they don't reach a deal by okay. Tuesday's deadline. Not a big surprise. I mean, like you said, and I know uh, Jacobs. He was kind of like a utility guy last year. For mm-hmm. he wants his paper. But if you're the Raiders, do you really want to uh, have that you know money out there for a running back? He's only 27, which he's still young-ish, but yeah. you don't want to pay all that money to a running back. So what do you think about this news with uh, Jacobs getting the fran- perhaps, perhaps getting the franchise tag? Well, it's interesting for Oakland that, because he's the only um, dynamic piece on that offense next to wide receiver Devontae Adams. And so that's something there. They need a quarterback, and I know some people uh, say that Aaron Rodgers should play for them. That's not going to happen. Mm-mm. I know some others say Jimmy G and Jimmy Garoppolo should sign with them. Maybe that does happen. I'm not sure, but uh, the Raiders need something on on that offense. The only playmaker they have is a wide receiver, Devontae Adams. Yeah, so they're going to need something. So we'll see if they can figure that out with the numbers and such. So I'm sure they're going to want to, you know, perhaps maybe tag them. I know there was some, you know, maybe some, you know, there were also some rumors that maybe they, you know, the Browns might trade Nick Chubb (laughs) and perhaps maybe start a rebuild, you know, somewhere. But, you know, if you're now Nick Chubb, would that be something that a team would probably want? I mean, you know, he's still young 
enough. You're still youngish, but at the same time, mm-hmm. though, do you really do you really have you know do you, if they do decide to trade Nick Chubb, not say that they are, but it might be a little bit you know it it, it might you may not get that haul that you're hoping for. If, if exactly as we talked about before, Lakina, with the running backs, they're not as valuable as they once were, and the way the NFL exactly. offenses are ran today. Uh, you just need running backs to run out the clock, and it, <coughs> excuse me, it's not the round and ground and pound game like it was when we were growing up in the '80s and early '90s. So, uh, if Cleveland wants to trade them, good, but I don't think they're gonna get as much value as they uh, as they think. And you know as well as I do, Lakina, that when you turn the age of 30 in the NFL, that's senior citizens' age, and so mm-hmm. you're not gonna get as much back as you think. Not in today's NFL anyway. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little sort of. You know. Kind of question that that whole thing, but yeah. Anything else, uh, uh, NFL wise, you know, before we move on, that 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 caught that caught your attention this week? Uh, I'm good as far as the NFL is concerned. And like you said, I'm waiting for that combine to end. And I know we have all these weeks to talk uh, to mm-hmm. talk about it. Lean up to the NFL draft. Who the Bears going to select? Will they trade this? Yay. Will they trade that? I know the new league year starts in about ten days or so. Free yep. agency first, so uh, we're definitely going to talk about that. So uh, I can't wait for that and see what the Bears do along with everybody else. Should be interesting. So we'll see what happens. This is you listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Like Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we wrap things up here. Now, now uh what's interesting is that you know we talked about the RSNs, we talked a little bit about with our girl Christine Manica on uh you know last week. For me, with this with this whole thing with the uh now apparently, now apparently, I guess ESPN said that they'll probably do a digital sort of thing with some of the RSNs to kind of like get make sure to get some of the teams to kind of you know sell the sell sell teams on it. So, like, what do you think about that news about perhaps maybe that happening? And like, I heard something called- about yeah, I heard something about that, but I didn't know too much detail about that. But uh, I know ESPN has ESPN Plus with all the original programming. I know they have they have the hockey package on there too. Mm-hmm. You can get that. I know you, they have some of their own produced lives games. Like college basketball with the smaller tournaments going on right now, and some of the big ones starting next week. And I know they have they had an NFL game on last year. It was Denver and Jacksonville from yep. overseas, so they had that service. But anything to make money, uh, that's what they're on right now. Especially with the whole, I know we haven't talked about much of the whole thing about uh, Diamond uh, Broadway, you know, going into bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. The- but you got some teams they're gonna they're not gonna have a home, you know, for to especially locally stream their and, and you know televise their games. So if ESPN can come in and say, hey, look, you know, for a fee, we'll you know, we'll play a competitor's uh feed, you know, to stream your games and for you get your customers and your fans to watch them live. Now it's gonna depend on is it gonna be like an add-on, is it gonna be free? Is I, I doubt it's gonna be free. So thankfully, at least for right now, Chicago doesn't have that issue with their local teams and such. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the price is going to go up, especially with the, especially if this does you know kind of come to fruition. Yeah, I want to end, end end the broadcast with this. And speaking of the streaming service, uh, MSG Networks is based out of New York City, and mm-hmm. they announced that they're going to have a thirty dollars a month price for MSG Plus, and with a ten uh, uh, ten dollars per game option. So you're going to pay thirty dollars a month uh, for MSG Plus. And, and or $310 for a yearly subscription. It's going to start in the summer. Of course, this is based out of New York City. Of course, uh, MSG is home to the New York Giants, you know, pre and post game, the mm-hmm. New York Knicks, 
uh, the the hockey teams, the New York Rangers, the Devils, New Jersey Devils, yes. Yes. and the New York Islanders, uh-huh. and the Buffalo Sabers. I think I got all the teams. So, yes. I think uh, would you like if you were in New York? It's not available across the country. Just folks in the New York Tri City area. That's New York, New Jersey. I think part of Connecticut as well. If you were in New York City, Lakina, if you were cutting the cord, because a lot of people have been cutting the cord for years now, would you be, if you had just had a stable internet um, uh, internet connection, would you be interested in like an a la carte type of purchase like this? Because well, yeah, it I sounds think- good for right now. I think that's where the future's headed anyway. Well, yeah, I think the whole the whole a la carte thing, I think that's going to be sort of like, you know, that's kind of like the way of the future. But at the same mm-hmm. time, though, we're seeing, you know, prices going up. We're seeing some content, you know, being switched around. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I could kind of see why some people will want uh, this a la carte, especially with a smaller price. But well, with inflation, with everything else, you know, all the other uncertainty, I mean, if you're a fan of one of those New York teams, I mean, we'll talk about Buffalo because it just made a pretty uh, big trade. I mean, do you want to have that kind of situation? As uh, Bradley just hit a, a big three there. Sorry, folks, I'm you know multitasking <laughs> here. They, you know, they're up five uh, against Northern Iowa. It was about two and a half minutes left in the second. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this would be a nice sort of thing. It'd be a nice little change for everything else that's going on here. Mom, uh, answer the phone, uh, Mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, answer the phone, Mom. She knows I'm busy. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think this would be a nice, you know, change. I think especially if there's nowhere else to kind of go and i think we've been saying it for years people need options so i mm-hmm. think if this is like a thing where this is good for the court because because a lot of people you know they, they're not you know they don't have the, you know, the, the 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 satellite and the cable service anymore so this will be a nice little mm-hmm. option for those folks who do who have cut the cord who need to who can't who, who go on maybe like hulu uh, live tv and you probably can't get it still can't watch their local teams and such. You know, same thing with YouTube TV. So Yeah, they don't have some of those uh, regional, national sports channels or those regional sports channels either. So Exactly. So I think this is a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, this will be, yeah, that'll be a nice little uh, showing. If, you know, I, there are going to be those folks that are going to want to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, they're going to pay 30 bucks. I think 30 bucks isn't too bad. I mean, like you're getting like, there's like about about like a half dozen teams, about six or eight mm-hmm. teams, you know, in this thing. So yeah, it kind of works for them. And plus a lot of these places, you know, It'll be interesting to see if some of these other ones are going to be affected by the Bali sports, uh, you know, mm-hmm. buyout or bankruptcy, if you will. Some some might go this route, especially if, you know, the thing with ESPN kind of falls through and with other avenues and such. This could be mm-hmm. the thing for some folks to kind of recoup some of their losses. Yeah. So as, as we talked about before, Lakina, with the Bally sports, uh, diamond sports situation, I know that it's supposed to be heading to the Bingo Street Court in a couple of weeks. So we'll yep. keep you abreast on that, uh, on that story. But Let's just say, for example, if base uh, if these baseball teams they cannot uh, um, meet their budget from from wherever this decision is from Valley Sports uh, in the bankruptcy case, they got to make their money up somewhere. And baseball is talking about uh, taking over the local broadcast. If that's the case, it'll be produced by Major League Baseball. But you're not going to have your local announcers outside of your r- local radio broadcast. Wherever the baseball will hire, they will hire. Would you like that? Because it'll sound like a national broadcast. Yep. Let's just say if you're here in Chicago, the White Sox are taking on the Cleveland Guardians. And instead of Jason Benetti and Steve Stove, you'll have some out-of-towners uh, during your game. You can watch your game, but you're not going to have your hometown announcers. The only place you can go for your hometown announcers is the local your local radio station. Yeah, that's not – I mean, look, that'd be good for Len Casper and Darren Jackson if that ever uh, comes to fruition. And, uh, mm-hmm. and also, too, on the, on the Cubs side, of course, you know, Pat Hughes. I mean, you can never go wrong with, with that, with him and uh, Ron Cooper. You can never, you know, never go wrong with those two. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that that's not going to be the case. I mean, 
the one thing about local uh local broadcasts like you want that homerism and, and such i mean mm-hmm. sometimes okay sometimes you do want the national stuff but yeah sometimes when the bulls are on yeah i mean i look i love adam and stacy or adam mm-hmm. and Jason king but i do want to hear the national perspective you know they they some some of them annoy me too sometimes but right. <laughs> but uh but yeah you want to get a national perspective so if you're gonna get that through like a daily you know, or a nightly thing. I mean, that that's not something that you're you're not gonna want that. Fans are not gonna want that. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I can't see the other leagues doing that. I know MLB is thinking about it or has talked about doing that. I can't see the other networks doing it, other networks of league networks doing it because I think that's you know mm-hmm. separating that 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 homer, you know, homer calls and such. So yeah, I know the NBA has not commented on that uh Bally sports situation because I think 15 and 16 teams. Yep. NBA teams are on the Bally Sports. Regional networks, I know they haven't made a uh, comment about that publicly, but we'll see what happens moving forward. Now, you say you had a little break in this before we close up shop. Yeah, from the of course. The NHL. Yeah, the NHL, of course. Yeah, the NHL, of course. You know, they're still getting, you know, getting those you know, facts, you know, trades, you know, fast and furious. Uh, the Sabres uh, made a trade, if I can just find it for a second. Ras- Rasmus uh, Asmon, uh, you know, he's going from, you know, from Buffalo to Nashville. So, that's you know that's a big trade for uh, both teams in that front. So they're you know they uh, you know also too uh, they've uh, Sabres have acquired Jordan Greenway from the Wild in exchange for a second round pick, you know for this year's draft and a fifth round pick for next year's draft. So these are starting to kind of you know get fast and furious there. So we interested to see what happens. Yeah, Buffalo's trying to improve themselves. I think they, uh, it's been 13 years since they last made the playoffs. I think it was the last time they made it. The Blackhawks won their first Stanley Cup. So yep. it's been a little over a decade now. So we'll see what happens to Buffalo. You know, surprisingly, they're doing well this year. Yeah, yeah, I think you know, Greenway is definitely a, a, a guy that kind of can help them in that in that front the front end because that's been their struggle. So I think Greenway is a is a good you know good you know defenseman to kind of help with that. So uh, yeah, that's about it, Sid. So uh, with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. S I D K I D eight zero. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, give War Media a follow on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at WARR Media. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'd like to thank Jack Bushman, the host of the Locked on Blackouts podcast. Make sure you download that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch it right here on YouTube. Just type in that search engine box, Locked on Blackhawks. And make sure you catch Sega City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as young folks would say. Catch Sega City Sports live in the living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Exclusively right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, of course, you can catch Sports on Chicago anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. Of course, you know, if you got your Roku TV or Roku TV app or the Roku TV stick, just, you know, you know, just, you know, type in Sports on Chicago on, you know, where you get your apps uh, right there. We watch our show, Sean and Maya, uh, What's Up Cuz, a Smoke Fuzz. I know they're going to have a lot of uh, college who suck, I'm sure, you know, coming up tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, for, you know, anytime, anywhere you want, it's all right there for you. 
you know, and with that said, enjoy the basketball, everybody, both, you know, NBA and college, because get to know some of those college teams. We're going to be seeing some of them in the big dance coming up in a few weeks. So uh, mm-hmm. all the other stuff as well, golf and soccer, you know, too. So check those out this weekend. For Sid, I'm LaKeen. This is City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago. Stay dry, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you Monday. Love, peace, and hair grease. Holla! <laughs> <laughs>